wings ranked? Buffalo, Paul McCartney, oh, and Red. red. <laughs> Buffalo, Paul McCartney, and Red. Wow. Do you remember the show Wings? Yeah. No. Yes, wow. I do. All right. Yes, right. I do. Absolutely. There's a generation. Now I'm hungry for wings, but it is episode 12 of Glass City Game Time. Maybe I'll get wings after the podcast recording. One of America's great sports podcasts brought to you by The Blade. Thanks for listening. My name is Corey Crisson, and today we are talking for the first time in a long time. We are talking Toledo Walleye Hockey. And joining right. me to do so Woo. this week on the podcast, you heard him, is Blade sports writer and walleye reporter Mark Monroe. Hello, Corey. Thanks for having me. Really excited to talk about some pucks today. That's right. Joining me also, sports editor Scott McNeish. Hey now. Hey now. Hockey time. Technical producer Phil Kaplan is also here. Hi, fellas. We got him a microphone this week. Yeah, we did. All right. The producer got him a microphone. We upped the budget, (laughs) a.k.a. moved the room around, so now we can hear Phil more clearly. Toledo Walleye Hockey. And before we get into the minutia of the season and how things are going... In T Town, we have some breaking news to lead off. I wish we had the sound bite. That did it, did, I'll make my own. Did it, did, 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 did. Anyway, that'll be but, our next upgrade. Um, I'll put yeah. it on my list. <laughs> put it on the list. We do have breaking news to report as the Toledo Walleye have signed a new goaltender, an old face goaltender, Trevor Gorsuch. Yes, Mark? yes. The goal, goalie carousel continues uh, today. Um, they're bringing back a, a, a young goalie that was became a. A huge hit at the end of last season. Uh, Trevor Gorsuch is the young man's name. Um, injury to Caden Fulcher uh, left the walleye with uh, just uh, Billy Christopoulos, so they need another goalie. And Dan Watson looked to uh, the past to uh, bring the young man back from Western Michigan, who a lot of uh, walleye fans will remember was the dancing goalie last year with TV timeouts. He'd, he'd really get into the into the music that was playing, but really what stood out last year, he played four games and his he was just unbelievable fresh out of college i mean first pro games he played four times at 1.75 goals against average so dan watson got him out of the southern professional league where he where he was uh, uh this year and i think he, it's, it's going to be a nice uh, addition with the two young goalies now so gorsuch adds into a goalie room of caden fulcher as you mentioned injured and billy christopoulos and we've seen pat nagel go up and down between grand rapids and Toledo, but recently, Mark, you published a piece in the in the Blade. You can read it on ToledoBlade.com and on Blade News Slide of Billy Christopoulos and his experiences serving in the military academy, specifically the Air Force Academy. Yeah, he's he's an impressive young man. Uh, what a great addition. He's he's really. Uh, I don't know if you could call him a savior, but I've used that word when they brought him in. It was an emergency signing um, back in November. They again they were down to one goalie and they. Signed uh, the kid out of uh, South Carolina with the Stingrays, who had only played once there. Nobody knew much about him at all. I certainly didn't. And uh, he came home, uh, came here, and uh, he's an Air Force graduate. So, just he's he's just an impressive young man. He came in and I, he started in 14 of 36 games, 10 in a row at one point. And the numbers he's put up have been phenomenal. He's kept the walleye within striking distance of first place, and just. Uh, Real disciplined, calm guy, and I think he's brought uh, a lot to the table here. Well, you talk about the walleye in striking distance in first place, indeed. 
Entering today, 2012-3, second place in the Central Division to Cincinnati. Cincinnati, 52 points. The Walleye, 44 points, so eight behind. And Christopoulos, lately at least, has been a big reason why. He's 11-2-2, allowing fewer than three goals per game, and he's got a 92% save percentage. So, I guess the short question I could ask, and maybe it's a little broad, is how exactly has his game elevated the walleye? Well, just, I mean, goaltending often, as anybody that follows the game comes down to goaltending. You need a good goaltender, and uh, the way the team's kind of been up and down this year as far as consistent play on the defensive end, his his play has been particularly in, important because he needs to make the big saves at the big times, and, and he's done that, and uh, his, his numbers speak for themselves. He's, he's come in, I think he's 10th in the league in goals against average, and uh, the team seems to have rallied around him. They seem to play with some confidence in front of him. I mean, he's back there uh, just calm, collected in net for a young guy, and uh, I think they, they know they can rely on him if there are defensive breakdowns. So that, that does a lot for a team's mentality. And he's no doubt been effective for Toledo, but two other guys that have been as effective, your two-time players of the week here. One week it was Shane Bershbach, the next week it was Josh Kessner, Kessner was named to the All-Star team. Whose play has been more vital to the Walleye's success this season? Again, they're 2012-3, second place. Which of those two has really been the driving force for Toledo? Well, it'd be hard to pick between the two, but I'd say the more surprising contributions have been from Josh Kessner, who they uh, actually, the Grand Rapids Griffins signed him in the offseason. He played for Newfoundland last year, who beat the Walleye in the Kelly Cup Finals, and I think that's where they saw the potential for the kid. I'm talking about the Red Wings uh, scouts, and they decided to sign him. But he has been unbelievable. He, they say, he has really improved his game since he's been here, and and the numbers speak for themselves. Uh, you know, again, he's again to represent the team at the All Star Game and uh, Player of the Week, and he's just so consistent. You can basically count on him for at least a point every night. So he's been unbelievable. And that's what he's done over the last couple of weeks. Basically, it's been one point per night. Yeah, and then on the other hand, you talked about Bursch, uh, Shane Birchbeck, who is, you know, a first ballot Hall of Famer. He leads the organization in, in nearly every category, talking games, played points. The only thing he does not have yet is the goal scored, and he's three from that. I could see that happening, um, you know, uh, coming up in the next couple day- games because he's been a scoring machine this year, and they, they've really counted on him just to be uh, – you know, the, again, another guy that you can count on. He's paired with Kessner on the same line. And when those those guys are out there, they're dangerous. And, uh, you know, that's uh, one of the reasons why the Walleye lead the ECHL in goals for, for sure. Those two have been amazing. And in addition to those two, there have been some players that are really flying under the radar with regards to contributions to the team. Yeah, there's a couple of them. And some of them have been done well enough where they've gotten calls up. I think the biggest surprise early on, I'd say, would be Abbott Gerdukas, who... He started off the year a rookie, um, played a couple games for Toledo last year, um, but came back uh, this year and uh, played well enough where he earned a call-up to uh, uh, Cleveland, uh, the Monsters, the AHL, and he was just an un- unbelievable tear. And the other guy, I think, um, maybe not under the radar, but uh, um, Tyler Spezia, the, the Bowling Green State University graduate, uh, he got off to another great start and earned a call-up to Grand Rapids, and from what I hear, he's excelling up there, so they don't expect uh, Spezia, who's an unbelievable uh, offensive uh, player as well. I don't think they expect him back for uh, until the end of the season, but there's a couple other guys that uh, 
a lot of new faces on this team, Corey. And uh, mm-hmm. if you if you look at um, a guy like I like Buzzio, I think he might be um, um, one of the best uh, young young guys out there. I saw him score a goal where he banked one off the back of a goalie. You know that takes some skill and some because yeah. that that's a planned play and. Uh, you bank it, you know, you're behind the net, you just desperate. And that, that's just skill. It shows the kid's skill there. But I, I really like the buzzy old kid for sure. Skill and awareness there. Scott, I'll bring you in here. Yeah. What's really stood out to you with this walleye team? Maybe what's gone right and wrong for them so far? Because they are in a really good position, as Mark said. It's just been kind of a weird season because, first of all, you come into the season with the expectations that are as high as possible. I mean, I think for most walleye fans, it's it's Kelly Cup or bust after coming so close last year. So it already has kind of a weird feel coming into it. We got Cody Soul for about two seconds, and then he left. So that was kind of a – it was just kind of a weird start to the season. But I think considering some of the things that Mark was talking about, the goalies going up and down, some of the, the inconsistencies, for them to be sitting in second place right now I think is actually pretty darn good considering um, just some of the, the hurdles that they've had to overcome, the expectations that – everyone in the seats is expecting a cup so <laughs> i think that kind of stuff and just some of the the weird little things that happen in minor league sports that that you just really can't control so for all of that to happen and for them to be sitting right there in second place leading the echl in goals getting some solid goaltending when they have to sign people i think that's pretty good considering yeah actually they're there i looked at they're at just about the exact same record as they had at the midpoint last year so they're in good shape but you're right. The expectations are so high. When they lose at home, just one night, it's a big yeah. deal. Now, they're coming off of a, a strange stretch that I haven't ever seen in probably six years with this organization. Three straight wins last weekend here at home. And if you go back the following, they've actually lost four in a row at the Huntington Center, which is unheard of because Dan Watson stress, stresses home ice, protect that at all cost. And for them to lose four straight, they're extremely frustrated with that, I know. And it's just... It comes down to this team just uh, is good enough when they're at full tilt. They're good. I mean, they 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 can beat anybody in the league as far as play teams that they've played, mm-hmm. but they're just not consistent. We introduced a segment last week called "Do We Care?" and I want to amend it for this week because I think we all do care about this in some way. <laughs> Fair. Now, one of those teams that you're alluding to here that have really just bitten the walleye in the side is the Indy Fuel. Toledo is one in six against the fuel this season and really if you just chalk it up to winning half of those games so let's say three or four of those games the walleye are in a great position maybe in first place in the division it is a real that this one's really uh confounding i guess i they're this is a team the indy fuel that they just dominated the first couple years of the fuel's existence i think they only beat the walleye like three or four times in a span of two years but like you said they've just had toledo's number i mean against the rest of the Central Division, it's key because they're a division foe. And against the rest of the division, they're 15, 6, and, and 3. And they're, and they're like you said, they're you know basically 1, 3, and 3 against the Fuel. So they're 14 and 3 against the rest of the division. I don't know what it is with the Fuel. I know on Saturday night, they were desperate to make, beat that Indy team. And, and they, just, uh, they just didn't do it. And, uh, you know, sometimes teams get in other teams. You see it in all sports mm-hmm. where it's almost like a mental thing where you get, you know, you just don't think you can beat a team. But, I, I you know, they play them a couple more times down the stretch and really it only matters if they meet in the playoffs. But, yeah, I think it certainly matters to the, to the walleye, that's for sure. It kind of reminds me a couple of years ago when the Indians were vying for the, for the American League pennant. I think this was 2016, and it was the Minnesota Twins. 
where the Indians would just roll over the central and then they would get in these weird sword fights with the twins. And it's like, what is going on here? Why can't they get past them? And India is that team for the walleye. Yeah. It's uh, again, it's uh, they, they have a, a good young goalie over there going back to the whole thing that goaltending can make a difference. So that's part of the reason they have a new, a new coach, all new players. That's the thing with the ECHL. It's really hard to compare year to year as far as them dominating them before, but They've got a new coach that really they have them uh, playing well. But, again, the walleye are still ahead of them in the, in the division race. So, uh, you know, I, I think that, you know, it, they could easily turn the tables on the fuel here. Let's bring some likes and dislikes into this show. And, again, another thing we introduced last week, still New Year, New Us, we're rolling with it. Like or dislike this, Mark, and it's kind of like a buy or sell thing. The walleye are in position to get back to the Kelly Cup finals. Do you like that or you dislike that? Uh, you know, I think they have the potential. I guess uh, the jury's out, but I will say at this point, I like it because I just have seen the flashes. And when the playoffs start, they seem to take that next step. So I like the prospects of them being able to you know, make another deep playoff run. The goaltending situation has to play out. Again, that's always going to be key. With, But if Billy sticks around, and Pat Nagel, I anticipate, will come back. And that, and that really is huge because he's the reason why they made that run to the to the playoffs so we get him back these guys start to gel they get some of these pieces back dan watson brought a built a team specifically again for the run i think they've got these players that can score the clutch goals is something he was looking for and i think once they put put it together yeah i i buy big time that i think they can make another run scott you like or dislike that i'm i'm with him um i think they have the ability and i think people aren't going to want to hear this but I think there is a process <laughs> going through the regular season. I think we saw that play out last year where there was a process, and even though it didn't look overly great coming into the playoffs, there was a process, the roster was in place, and once they hit go time, they were ready to go. And I think that's kind of what you're seeing so far again this year. I trust Dan Watson and what he's been able to do. Now he's the experience of going to the finals and how to game plan and save people's energy and all that kind of stuff that you probably don't think about, but... I'll buy that all day for sure. Phil, you like or dislike that while I get back to the Kelly Cup Finals? I like it. I hope that they, if it happens, at some point they play the Florida Everblades. Because I have, <laughs> I have family down there, and it, it was uh, re- reported to me that the Florida Everblades owner drives a white Rolls Royce with white interior <laughs> with one Florida Everblades bumper sticker on it. Nice. Just like so classy, so I just want to see that in action. So I hope they make it. For it brings that. it. It's probably sticking out like a sore thumb too. They do have a cool looking logo. I'll say that. Yeah, That's, yeah. I, I'm in. I'd love to go down to Florida. Right? We're all yeah, in. I'm, I'm good, that would right? be a lot easier than last year. <laughs> yeah, Newfoundland. If you've I wouldn't read, mind going back there either. But yeah, down there in Estero, is there Florida. a Central American team in the <laughs> ECHL? We're right. trying to cover all of North America. Right, with right. Hockey. Yeah, they basically stretch from coast to coast. So that uh, would make it the North American Hockey League. That's that's what we're going for. <laughs> that's right. East Coast East Coast Hockey League down in Mexico. Perfect. Mark, thanks for the time. Thanks mm-hmm. for the insight. I know you got some breaking news to go, right? That's so right. we'll let you go. We'll take a short break here on Glass City Game Time. And when we come back, we'll get back in with Scott McNeish, and we'll give out some midseason grades. We love doing those for the Toledo Walleye and their season thus far. Stick around. You won't want to miss that here on Glass City Game Time.
Okay, continuing on here on Glass City Game Time, as we do each show with Blade Sports Editor Scott McNeish. Scott, welcome back. Hi, I'm still here. Hi, he's still here. He hasn't left within the eight-second frame of the little music clip you just heard. Yes. So, we've been talking to Little Walleye in today's show, and let's play some mid-season grades here. We're at about the halfway point. In fact, yeah. we might be past the halfway point. I don't, sure. I'm not a math guy. That's why I'm in sports reporting. <laughs> of the walleye season. So, given what we've talked about here with a revolving door of sorts and goaltenders and injuries and players stepping up, players getting called up, overall, how would you grade out the walleye season thus far? Just to provide a little bit of a scale, I think if they were leading the ECHL and they were the greatest team, I mean, that would be an A. Mm -hmm. And I think if they came up way short of what everyone expected, low C's, D, somewhere in there. That's the important thing with regards to expectations. Yeah. Which, for a team getting to the Kelly Cup Finals last year, you would think, okay, maybe they could get back or they'd have at least the talent to get close to it. Right. So, with that in mind, I would give them a B. And the reason I would give them a B is because I think they've been good. I mean, they haven't been world beaters, but they haven't stunk either. So Mm -hmm. I think they've been good. And to me, good gets you a B. And I think they're right there to make another run like we talked about in the the previous segment. And, yeah, I think think a B is is a pretty solid grade. I keep going back to their record against Indy. It's weird. Winning only one (laughs) out of seven games. And I can't help but to think that if they just win three or four of them, (laughs) then maybe it's a different, maybe they get that A, but maybe it would be a different scenario where they could be leading the division. Their confidence obviously would be a little higher, even with the issues at goaltender. Right. Yeah. There's been so many, so many little quirky things that have happened, but I think a lot of that is minor league sports. Minor league sports is is such a weird thing because like Mark was talking about year to year, it's not going to be the same Mm -mm. team. You're, you're rooting more for a jersey, <laughs> I think, more than than maybe specifically the players, unless it's a, a guy like Shane Bershback who's been there for a, a long time and that kind of stuff. So there's there's little weird things with with minor league sports, but what's really cool is that Toledo embraces this team, maybe like no other ECHL city. I might pay for saying that, but it's definitely in the discussion <laughs> uh, based on attendance numbers. So. Yeah, with all that stuff going on. And one thing that we didn't mention is they lost A.J. Jenks. Yeah. And he went to a rival. That's one thing that – another little weird thing that happened in the beginning of the season. So with all that with all that stuff going on and everybody expecting them to go undefeated. <laughs> yeah, really. Um, you know, for them to be right there in second place, scoring goals like crazy, and, and hanging in there with goalies that no one in, would have expected to even be anywhere near this roster – yeah, B, for sure. I oh. think that's solid. AJ Jenks and Cody Soul, like you mentioned earlier, <laughs> yeah. losing those two. That was really strange, but that's okay. Yeah, it was a weird scenario. But this is a team, and you see it in minor league sports all the time, particularly minor league baseball, even here with the Hens where it's AAA and it's a mix of old guys and young guys. Right. Here it's veterans like Shane Burschback, who is a franchise leader all time and a lot of stuff. And then you have young guys, for example, Billy Christopoulos and yeah. Nett. It's that healthy mix where the veteran helps the newcomers, so to speak. And the play of Billy Christopoulos in net, whether when Pat Nagel's out or when Caden Fulcher's out, and now you bring in Trevor Gorsuch. I mean, we heard it from Mark, but Christopoulos' play has been unbelievable this year. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's one of the cool things about this particular team is is you have the talent from the young guys. You have the experience. I think that's going to be huge. The more we go along with this season is going to be the experience 
not only of the run, but getting ready for the run. And I think those two things and, and the combination of all the stuff that you're talking about is going to put them in a really good position. People might not remember, but at the end of last season, the Walleye weren't looking like a team that's going to go to the finals, mm-hmm. but they were built to go to the finals. And that I think you have the exact same thing this year, and hopefully they do that again. Phil, how would you grade out the Walleye season thus far? I'm going to just piggyback right onto Scott and give him the B, but that's a B going up. You know, it's a trending upward B. It's not a it's not a B backsliding to where you're the kid who's getting his paper, you know, turned upside down on his mm-hmm. desk. That's right. 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 You're getting the paper upside right. right side up on your desk to yep. show that you did a good job, not That's the right. upside down fold. And they they they're in minor league hockey there's always gonna be more of a turnstile of players, but mm-hmm. they they have an institutional knowledge of, of winning and experience to get back there. They've made deep playoff runs. I mean, I anything can happen, but I at second place, they don't seem to be. Plus, I was looking at some of their statistics. They have great, like, power play and penalty kill statistics. They're, they're doing fine. They're doing all the little things right, right now, which is very important. And they're doing it, like we've talked about a couple times, with a revolving door at goaltender. If they put together the pieces they have right now playing the way they are with with a pat nagel that we saw last year who was just unbelievable they're going to be incredibly tough to beat and i would say that includes indy scott thanks for the time scott scott gets an a scott gets an a for that <laughs> that's Phil, questionable so oh, all right phil gets an a first right. time around no hurt feelings yeah i might get an, the upside down is thing. that an upward trending a to upward like where my mom a. would put it on the fridge yeah or is, is this Trending yeah. towards a B. Yeah, <laughs> on the fridge, not saved in the files in the closet. What was the border for getting your work on the fridge? Was it a B or what, did it have to be an A where you got the work hung on mom's fridge? I was an only child. They were all on the fridge. <laughs> I wasn't, so I had to work for it. If I was having a panic attack and I had a good grade, then it went up on the fridge. Mm. <laughs> Just Dependent. to bring it back. <laughs> it's an asterisk there. On it's the- a relative. <laughs> it's relative. If I thought I was going to fail and got a B plus. That's a win. Win. So, fridge. It's, Partici- a, it's a win-loss thing more than a letter grade kind of thing. No participation ribbons here. Not no, here. No, no, you had to earn that spot on the right. fridge. That's right. Those of you listening at home, thank you for doing so. We always appreciate the viewership. If you liked the show, please, the least we ask is that you subscribe and share and spread the word of this podcast. You can find us on ToledoBlade.com, on Blade News Slide, and on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, basically wherever podcasts are found. Just search Glass City Game Time and you will find us. So, for Mark Monroe, for Scott McNeish, for Phil Kaplan, my name is Corey Christen. Thanks for listening to Episode 12. We'll talk to you next week.